0: Good morning. Good morning. If you are a mother this morning, I wish you happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a joy to some and a challenge for others. And here at First UU Church of Austin, we welcome everyone and all the feelings, even the contradictory ones, strive to hold it all. I'm Jonalu Johnstone. I use the she-her pronouns. I am not a mother but I am your co-interim minister for Reflection and Discovery. Today will be the last full in-person service where I am preaching. So again, bring all the feelings and we will strive to hold them all together. So I especially want to welcome you, though, to church if you are new here. And if you're with us on the live stream, please feel free to say hello in the comments and let us know where you are watching from. Uh, We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, so greet the divine among us in person and online.
1: I am Celeste Padilla. I will be your lay leader this morning. And please join me as we say the words for lighting our chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship is by Leslie Takahashi on the brink. All that we have ever loved and all that we have ever been stands with us on the brink of all that we aspire to create. A deeper peace, a larger love, a more embracing hope, a deeper joy in this life we share. One of the things that binds First U together as a religious community is that we have a common purpose. For First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is the mission. The congregation wrote it together and put it on the wall in the sanctuary. Every Sunday, we say it together so that you may more readily carry it with you in your hearts throughout the week. Let's say it together now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community.
0: For our time of meditation this morning, Celeste and I offer words from UU Minister Lisa Bovee Kemper. In this circle of care, we make space for the complexity of life, the myriad experiences that bless and break our hearts. The truth of human experience dictates that on any given day, we each come to the table with hearts in different places, It is especially so on this day, invented to honor women who nurture. In this circle of
1: care, we honor the truth that mothering is not, and never will be, quantified in one single descriptor. Mothering can be elusive or infuriating, fulfilling or confusing, commonplace or triumphant. It exists in the everyday experiences of each person. There is no human being that is not connected to or disconnected from a mother.
0: And so we honor the complexity of experience writ large in flowered platitudes. But here in this space laid bare, honoring the truth in each of our hearts, there is room for all in this circle. If you
1: have carried a child or children, whether or not they came to be born, we
0: see you. If you have fervently wished to do so and circumstances of fate made it impossible for you, we see you. If you love
1: children we cannot see, whether because of death or estrangement, we see you.
0: If you never wanted to be a mother, we see you.
1: If you are happy to mother other people's children as an educator, an auntie, a foster parent, or a step-parent,
0: we see you. If your mother hurt you, physically or emotionally, we see you. If you had no mother at all, we see you. If your mother is or was your best friend, we see you. If your
1: gender says you are not a mother and yet you take on the role of nurturer,
0: we see you. If you wonder whether your mothering has been enough, We see you. And if yours is a different truth altogether,
1: we honor your unspoken story.
0: There is room for all in this circle. May it be so today and always. I invite you now to light a candle if you are so moved. Candles representing sorrow, joy, hope remembrance, resilience. As we light candles, I invite you to keep in your mind and heart the families of trans children hurting in the wake of state action. Also remember members of our community who are ill or in sorrow and those who are celebrating joys. I invite you to hold the silence at the end of the meditative time.
2: Shepit the spirit was sanctum.
1: Our reading is Toward a Humanist Vocabulary of Reverence by David E. Bomba to Chicago Area UU Council at the Unitarian Church of Hinsdale, Illinois on May 12, 2001. As an observer of and participant in contemporary Unitarian Universalism, I have found myself wondering what has happened to the humanist witness among us. How has it happened that we, who once seemed to set the agenda for religious discourse now find ourselves increasingly on the defensive, if not engaged in a monologue. I would submit that to some degree at least, we are talking to ourselves because we have allowed ourselves to be defined by the opposition. We have dismissed traditional religion as an atavistic aberration. We have given up the hope of a constructive dialogue. We have manned the ramparts of reason and are prepared to defend the citadel of the mind against a renewal of superstition until the very end. But in the process of defending, we have lost the vocabulary of reverence, the ability to speak of that which is sacred, holy, and ultimate importance to us. The language which would allow us to enter once more into critical dialogue with the rest of the religious community. If this be so, then the recovery of a vital vocabulary of reverence is a task of great urgency for those of us who cherish cherish the humanism tradition.
0: We have to acknowledge that if we wanna talk about what is deepest, most valuable, most awesome, our tools are limited. Silence might be best. Yet humans that we are, we seem driven to share our experience. Art helps. The tools we have are the inadequate ones of symbols. And the symbols we use most readily are words. And when we want words that are hefty enough to represent what is most profound, they are often religious or spiritual words. And that's tough for many of us who came as religious refugees to Unitarian Universalism. Sometimes it helps if they're all in Latin. We have felt hurt and excluded by those who claim only through Jesus Christ or only through the Catholic Church or only through any one particular way is one fully accepted and acceptable. I particularly loved seeing an article in the satirical paper The Onion some years ago. That proclaimed in its headline, Jesus Christ is my personal savior, not yours. <laughs> Seriously, the exclusivity claim can wound deeply. Spiritual wounds, says Flora Slasser wullner a spiritual director, writer, and retired United Church of Christ minister. Spiritual wounds come from coercive belief systems and spiritual practices. Insistence on belief and emotional manipulation in a spiritual setting, often by a charismatic leader, harms people spiritually. No matter what that leader's or belief system's particular perspective, the wounds that come from these settings can produce guardedness around our beliefs, a desire to keep them private and protected. It can lead to passivity toward religion, leaving one's decisions up to someone else. Or it can lead to defensiveness and defiance, anger flaring up around religion. When I came to Unitarian Universalism, I needed spiritual healing. It took decades before I could fully and positively name and articulate my own positive beliefs instead of simply denying what I had been taught and even coming to embrace some of what I was taught. And that was a process of healing. Religious words and concepts have hurt, yes, and they have been powerful healers and comforters as well. The plowshare song that, that was sung this morning shifts religious concepts into a healing embrace, beating swords into plowshares. You know if something has survived for centuries because it is how it has helped people, there might be something there worth exploring. And if we want to understand our neighbors and families who embrace them, maybe it's worth poking around a little in it. Plus, when I'm doing social justice work with other religious people, they sometimes will use religious language And if we're going to be able to work together, I need to at least be able to tolerate their expressions of faith. And I have to be able to explain how my own faith tradition, Unitarian Universalism, relates to my social justice work. And the deeper reasons for dealing with religious language relates not to our external work, but to being a community together together. If a congregation is to be a safe haven, then people need to share their full selves without defensiveness, especially the essence of their spiritual journeys. And that means that atheists, agnostics, theists, Buddhists, pagans, existentialists, Christians, and others somehow need to bring their full selves here and talk about their experience without making it an unsafe place for others who disagree with them. And this requires some finesse in how we talk together. Each of us has to be able to name our own personal experience without the assumption that others share it. And at times, we do need to name our communal experience. And in that case, we need to be sure that others agree with that naming, or at least go along with it. And we have to be careful not to confuse the two what I individually endorse and what we communally endorse. It's a delicate balance. So we don't always have to use the same religious language in a personal way. Prayer, for example, may be powerful for some you use while others have long resisted the cultural imperative of prayer and find it distasteful and even oppressive. But we don't tell non-praying you UUs that they must pray, or tell praying you UUs that they must not pray. The many shades and shadows, ambiguities and associations of religious words, they differ from one person to another. We have to be able to say to one another, What do you mean when you say X? Or, that's an interesting idea, here's how I see it, without accusing them of being wrong. I encourage what I would call a radical agnosticism. A basic acceptance that none of us knows with certainty any of the fundamentals related to religious or spiritual life. Still, those tools are helpful for us in our lives. So with that, let's talk about some specific words. Ah, you can't see them, can you? All right, I'm reading them anyway. So I'd like you to listen And see if there's anything that surprises you. And I'd like you to see if there's any words on these lists that are meaningful to you. God's will. The Bible. Church hymns. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to get into heaven. Jesus. Cult. Communion, eating flesh and drinking blood. Salvation, saved, God, obey, obedience, deeply felt convictions and beliefs. Confession, sacrament, Holy Mother, holy, sinner, trespasses, blessed, Holy Father, Holy Spirit. Kingdom, glory, hallelujah, gifted, communion, confirmation, last rites, priest, nun, convent, rectory, the cross, cross to bear, the host, resurrection, excommunication, baptism, I'm praying for you, thanking Jesus, Jesus is the reason for this season, <laughs> Trinity, God is good, Worthy, unworthy, worship, pagan babies, perpetual, suffering, crucifixion, Lent, virgin, penance, sacraments, chastity and celibacy, sin, Bible, apostolic, orthodox, devout, praise, prayer, amen, worship, Him, tithe, pledge, my God, my Jesus, blessed, blessed be, God, upper or lowercase, spirit, holy, masculine pronouns associated with God, standard language Bible, or however you choose to think of, insert traditional religious word here, life in the world to come, original sin, sin nature, being thought of as religious, Catholicism, teachings from the Bible, stewardship, pledging. As we continue you know that show that again just th- this is the words <laughs> so who was surpri- surprised by any of these words were you surprised by any of them that that people saw those as are there any words that you saw here that were meaningful to you yeah okay all right we can dispense with the slides now I don't ever hear you use, um, say, that words from other traditions besides Christianity, uh, like enlightenment or non-attachment or Tao, are too religious. It feels like there's much more tolerance for religious language from non-Christian traditions than there is from words identified with Christianity. And in this church, at least, from the list that I got from people, especially with Catholicism, Now, let me say something about a few of these words. Worship, despite our preconceptions, need not be a ritual dedicated to a god. Rather, the etymology frames the word in terms of respect and honor. For me, you-you worship is a process of discerning and acknowledging what is worthy of respect and honor. People gave me a whole subset of words that clustered around the idea of salvation. Original sin, sin nature, saved, not saved, trespasses, obedience. All of these imply, or flat out state, a distinction between who's in and who's out. Who has God's favor, and we'll get to God in a minute. We use, though, don't divide people into saved and damned. We're universalists. If we reject the whole tenet that some are saved and some are damned. Some of these words may be able to fall away as irrelevant to us. I can't go to hell. I don't believe in it. But I might be able to find something of value in the concept of sin and redemption as long as I realize I'm not talking about two rigid categories of people, but of problems that we all face as human beings. Sin in the classical rabbinical formation, uh, formulation is missing the mark. We all have to deal with our tendency to sometimes miss the mark and with our tendency to have that social sin, that social collective missing of the mark and think about what do we do when we've fallen short what do we do for forgiveness these are useful human skills we need to talk about so what about the whole god thing even the writers in the Bible did not agree on the definition or characteristics of God. They even used different Hebrew words for God. For you use God may be nature or love or the inexplicable mystery. For some God is creativity or process or the spirit that invigorates life. It can be a use, it can be useful to have a label, a word. But for others it may not be useful. And on this concept, on this definition, we agree to disagree and value one another anyway. I want to touch on blessed and blessed be. To bless something is to invoke divine favor or to name the divine in someone or something. But I think about Peter Meyer's song, Holy Now, where he he describes how when he was a a child in church, there were certain things that were holy, the holy book, the holy water, but now he sees the holy, the divine, well, in everything, in, in those trees, in the dawning sky, in the chirping bird, or... It reminds me of Emerson's talk of the miracle of the blowing clover. If we can find awe, if we can find that sense of awe in the world, that's about naming blessing. And I I think it's why pagans adopted the phrase, blessed be. It's to name the goodness of the universe, all of it, as divine, as something remarkable, And to offer the wish that all might be holy, that all might have that spark, and that we might all see it. So I've just touched on a few words that people in this particular UU congregation struggle with. I invite you to continue the conversation, to find ways to to beat hurtful words into healing plowshares, May you all have the chance to speak the words that call you to your best self, that evoke for you a sense of the sacred that you find most worthy and honorable as you make the gifts of your lives, trying to create the world that you wish to see come into being.
1: Now, please join me as we say the words, to extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again.
0: And now I will give words of benediction from Ted Gallardo. Some came here to be blessed with answers in a tumultuous world, let us hope, too, however, that many of us have been blessed with questions to direct us with a clarity of mind to steer our logic toward kindness and justice always. So may it be.
2: This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.